What's next? This is a question we're all having to ask and answer more frequently. I'm Jenny Blake, your host of the Pivot Podcast and author of Pivot, The Only Move That Matters is Your Next One. For show notes from this episode, visit pivotmethod.com slash podcast. If change is the only constant, then let's get better at it. Here we go. Happy Easter, happy Passover, happy Ramadan, happy holidays to all of you who are celebrating during this time. I wanted to bring you something uplifting, and there's no better person or perspective than Penny Pierce, who has been on the show many times. If you haven't already, you can catch up with previous Penny and Jenny show episodes at pivotmethod.com slash PJ show. Penny was recently our guest in Pivot Insider, which is my monthly Q&A for those who support the Pivot podcast with a small donation every month. If you want to join us and you appreciate this call and want to be part of this community, they're some of my favorite people on the planet. With Join us at pivotmethod.com slash insider. Further ado, here's part one of our conversation with Penny Pierce, author of The Intuitive Way, Leap of Perception, Frequency, Dreams and 24-Hour Consciousness, and her latest, Transparency. I am overjoyed, elated to have Penny here with us. So many of you have been listening to the podcast. That's what Insider is all about, is those of you who are supporting the show and keeping it going. And Penny has been just such a beautiful addition to the podcast, and she means so much to me in my life. But to get to now, you know, have her be here live with all of you is so special. Penny is such a special person and her perspective, especially during this time, I find incredibly refreshing. And I know many of you have said the same. So Penny, do you want to say anything first before we jump in? Uh, I've been on calls since 930 this morning. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like the new normal or the new abnormal or whatever it is. But it's cool. It's like a big learning curve now is happening. And I'm really enjoying that. And um, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of like everybody's more intimately connected in a weird way now, which I like, you know? So um, I encourage you to ask anything really that's on your mind. It doesn't have to just be about, you know, sheltering in place. Or as in Florida, I call it sweltering in place. (laughs) (laughs) So even before we get to Q&A, some of you have been like listening to Penny for years now on the show. I I just want to give you space and time to check in or or share even how a conversation or her perspective has impacted you. Can I, can you guys hear me? Okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was video either. Okay, We're in a no pressure video situation. So Andre, yeah, we can hear you. Go for it. Yeah. So first of all, I'm a huge fan of the show. Jenny, thank you so much for inviting me. And Penny, I have been following you for about two years now. Uh Um, You are so, uh, whenever things start to get crazy, listen to your YouTube videos, your podcasts, and just all of your advice just intuitively makes so much sense. You know, you talk a lot about frequency and vibration, and I definitely feel like this is where it's all going. I mean, everything that you talk about just intuitively makes sense. Um, I work for a very large $60-plus billion company. I work in marketing. I'm one of their heads of strategy. 
And I've noticed that it's really difficult to um, integrate home life and listening to you and sort of, you know, I've studied a lot with metaphysics and just different meditation teachers. And then, you know, you go into sort of the work setting. And, and I agree with everything that you've said that frequency is increasing and that, you know, we are definitely kind of bridging a transition period right now. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question is this, is there, from a timeline perspective, is it really about waiting or is it about just sort of entering that frequency or just any sort of thoughts you have on that? Just because it's been kind of difficult bouncing in and out of, you know, sort of right. where it's going. Well, that's partly what I have been calling, you know, frequency matching. You know, when you go into different environments, we're so used to adapting ourselves to others in order to be safe. That, Like you go into the workplace where everybody's really left-brained and willpower-based and so forth, and you almost adapt a bit to that. Uh, you get home, you meditate, or you, you start to, you know, pr- pr- focus on more universal principles and so forth, and then you can get kind of back to your, your own natural rhythm a lot. So I think the challenge here is um, to really practice working with your home frequency, which I sometimes I just call that your preferred state, your, your soul in the body state. When you're, you like yourself, you're ready to be amused, you're creative, you're open-minded, intuitive, and in, in this flow kind of state. Um, and if you can practice that and then also compare it to times like when you go into work or something and it's all kind of shut down and closed and people are more not sometimes they're closed minded but sometimes they're just kind of one track minded you know where they're not taking in a broad enough perspective and still hold your own there and be an example then for others or be able to ask yourself to be able to say things that will help other people open up a little more to you know be that kind of guide and, and thought leader, I guess, for others. Um, it's just a, a new habit we're building, I think, of trying to stay in that, that frequency or that, that state of being. I'm big on states of being these days, <laughs> you know, learning to, to, uh, to discriminate very subtle different states of being um, and choose them and then enter them. Um, so, I mean, all I know is that you've got to stay very mindful of how your energy shifts throughout the day. And when it drops into some kind of a contracted state, then you don't beat yourself up. You just say, well, oh, gosh, I just went back into this kind of backsliding into this old way of thinking, and I don't like that anymore, so I'm not doing it. I'm coming back to my center place and and just do it over and over. I love that. And I appreciate that. And I think I actually want to pull from something that Jenny's talked about quite a bit on the podcast with, you know, our corporation tends to be like literally nonstop meetings and it's quite political. And so how do you sort of stay in the frequency? Cause I agree with everything you're saying. How do you stay like, let's say you're in a highly political situation at all times. And so therefore it feels quite toxic. Like how do you, do you ignore, I guess that's my question, or do you just kind of like, like, cause that's willpower, right? To like ignore. That's it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, how do you suggest, like, do you kind of just ease into it? Do you just, I don't know. It's like, how do are you, you talking about it? like going into a meeting with this kind of mindset? For yeah, just, exactly. 
And also I'm going to just add to Andre, you said, Penny, sometimes it feels safer to adapt to the frequency in the room. And I wonder when you're in a meeting or you're in a culture, because we can feel the buzz of an office. You can feel that culture, especially Mm -hmm. at such a big company. It's almost how we all feel the collective vibration right now is so hyper. How do you hold that state if it's almost I'm seeing, I'm probably this is the wrong analogy, like it's almost a seesaw, but the other side is so strong or it's so loud and prominent. Mm It is. I mean, I get that even just watching the news on TV, you know, uh, (laughs) and trying to hold my own while the news is on the other side of the screen. And I'm, you know, um, maybe part of it is that you need to hold a role for yourself as um, the the one who sets an example. And and remember that you can work at the inner level first in the non-physical realm. You can work telepathically. You can work by, you know, if you can establish your home frequency in your body and then put it out through the field around you and just sit in that and then include all the other people in that field and just stay in it, you know, like, you know, sometimes like a big bear or something, you know, you just steady, steady, hold it, hold it. It's so natural to you. And then um, in a certain way that allows you to accept all the other people as they are. You're not trying to change them. And when you let other people be who they are, it also lets you be who you are. It's like gives permission all the way around. Um, and, and at that point, then, you've set up a kind of a, uh, an energy state where people are not going to be resisting you necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's much more even. They're going to be, if you're resisting them, they're going to resist you, right? So if you open it up like that, they'll start to unconsciously experience you as friendly. Then you can maybe throw in a couple zingers, you know, or uh, tweak somebody a little bit over here or there, or uh, ask a leading question and see if you can start to move things a little better toward a more expanded view. Because I think a lot of what our role is today is everybody is stuck in opposition right now. You know, it's polarization, and that comes up when we go into fear, you know, uh, right and wrong and up and down and good and bad and all that. Um, And so what we have to do is be the third point of the triangle, create the helicopter view or the that eclipsing view that puts those other two points in perspective to each other so that people realize they're just taking positions about the same issue, that there's a unity that you can feel within the... Oppositional points of view, and so what you might be able to do as a um, rabble rouser um, (laughs) is to find that third point and start speaking from there. You know, it's not win lose. It's and it's not even win win. It's win 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 win. What's that look like? That's great advice. I actually never even thought about that. I think you're right. Like we think about the world in such a dichotomy sometimes that you forget that there's that third point potentially of that triangle. So that's great. Right. That's a perspective that um, gets you out of the oppositional, you know, um, positioning. You also mentioned states of being the state of acceptance. So not, wishing the energy in the room were different, but that energy of acceptance is so calming that I find when I'm accepting others, even when I don't want to, that I'm so calm. And then as you said, Penny, it ends up working out better somehow. They're 
there is such a powerful shift right. being in that state. It's it's fun when you start to realize that when you change your consciousness, you change your energy, and the energy is not just in your body, but it's it's your field. And then other people are in your field, and that means that they can really feel through resonance mm. this other state, and that people are incredibly sensitive to energy today. It's interesting that you say that because I've noticed that it really is about your vibration, your frequency, and people sense that. And I've heard that quite a bit. I've heard, you know, especially like as you know, an empath, highly sensitive, is that, you know, people can feel your energy. And even though they, they don't say it, you know, energy really precedes anything that you say or that comes out of your mouth or, you know, that you, so I, I completely agree. I think it's great advice. Good. Thank you, Good. Andre, for uh, kicking good us questions. off. Good questions. Good yeah. questions. Thanks. I'd love to follow that one up, Jenny. Great, okay. go for it, Olivia. Hi, Pei Penny. Hi. Nice to meet you. And um, I think what I've the thing that I've really resonated with and connected with that you've spoken about with Jenny is talking about the liminal space ah. and being in the liminal space. And as Jenny said to you at the beginning, I do a lot of work around self-doubt, but really embracing that space. So I feel that that really, really speaks into that. But my question is, is about is really following up from what you were saying there and you're talking about coming back to the home frequency and you're talking about when you go off state, if you like, you get into that contracted state is like, well, not beating yourself up, but coming back to that home frequency. Now, can you talk a little bit into that process? Because what I feel and what I what I struggle with around this is that that kind of it becomes an expectation to be in the home frequency and I find that really challenging as a human being because like if I have a bad day, I can I can start beating myself up and feeling like a failure. And actually, well, as I said, you know, my work is about actually really recognizing the value of that space. So I just want does that make sense as a question? Yeah. And can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, I don't want to infect anyone. Yeah, and it can become <laughs> or or god damn it, I just want to be mad. Right. Well, first of all, that one thing you said stuck in my mind is that um, to be in your home frequency is not a should. You know, it's not like some edict coming down from the left brain, you know, that, that then you have to rebel against because you don't want an authority in your life, you know. And I think um, what it is, it's a, a natural preference. That's why I sometimes call it your preferred state. Like, like a child doing what? finger painting and making whatever color they want or, you know, just, you know, just anything that brings you alive and sort of puts you back in touch with cheerfulness and joy and some of those really nice, simple states like sweetness and, and, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, what I have found as a way to do that, and, and I've done a lot of the exercises in in the book frequency but one of them is to imagine your worst possible scenario and really embroider that out to the nth degree you know you've lost your income you've you know you're homeless you're a bag lady or whatever um you're you're getting sick you've lost your friends <laughs> whatever it is and think about how that feels and go into the contraction of that because that's what your left brain will do. It'll take you down the drain into this terrible, awful thing that could happen to you, right? So at least like spin it out and feel it. Then put it on the shelf and get back in your center and then embroider and, and put out your best possible scenario. 
like if you could dream of anything and people helped you and it was all coming to you and it was really frictionless and easy and you shared and, you know, all this good stuff. And then put that on the shelf and go back to your worst possible scenario. And imagine going into that one again and, oh, you contract, you know. Okay, then you put it back on the shelf, you get centered, you go back into your best possible, oh, that feels really good. Then you keep rocking like that until you just cannot stand to go back into that worst possible scenario anymore because it's so stupid, (laughs) you know, and that you don't want it at all. And you much prefer this other place where it feels like you like to feel. And once you get that feeling state, you can kind of take a mental snapshot of that and then learn to kind of trigger, slide back into that state because we do have vibrational memory in our body, you know? So, you know, you can remember what it's like to play with a puppy, you know, let him jump and crawl all over you and laugh and, or look into a baby's eyes and just stare at them and they stare at you, you know, and, uh, and all kinds of little quick scenarios that immediately put you back into that same state again. So you can do that with that snapshot of the home frequency state. And so all you need to do is when you backslide out of it or get off state, as you said, um, notice, oh, I just noticed that I'm all getting, I'm contracted in my chest. There's something that is not right right now, or it's scaring me about some past experience I had or something. I don't even have to know what that's all about because I'm just going to choose to put it aside and come back into my center and flip the switch and and turn on the lights and come back into my preferred state and breathe. And then just open up again and let the fluidity occur. And it's just a matter of retraining yourself to not prefer suffering. Especially right now, it's so easy to just look at the infection bubbles grow every day and focus (laughs) on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if I do like a bit of suffering, but maybe I do. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But that I like the idea of it's it's a choice and a preference Um, because that takes the expectation out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Do you have bad days, Penny? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have a dog behind my house that is a totally neurotic mess and barks and barks and barks to get inside and nobody lets it in and it drives me insane. <laughs> you know, I have to calm down. It's a nice living creature too, you know, and try to get myself back. But yeah, things, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Olivia. I love that you asked, do you have bad days? Because I didn't even know the answer to that. <laughs> An observation I'm making at this about this time, particularly at this time, is that everybody, a lot of people who I'm in contact with, it seems like their biggest challenges are coming to the surface right now and just being put right there and and just having, there's no escape. So we're having to deal with them. Are you finding that as well? Absolutely. I I think we talked a little bit about it in the, you know, how the coronavirus is accelerating us towards transparency. But I think that a lot of the reason that this has occurred now and materialized out of the inner blueprint of um, global fear, really, um, and and helplessness, you know, I think that there's an inner blueprint, an emotional body blueprint of the world that says, I'm helpless against the outside world. 
um, you know, and, and things are bigger than me and um, they can hurt me. Um, that as we start to get recentered and try to, to bring the soul's energy into the body and live according to those truths in the physical world and give up pain and suffering, um, this is the perfect way for a lot of our clutter to surface. You know, it is the perfect time. It's forcing us to be hopefully still and quiet and get out of our left brains a little bit so that we can allow things that were, you know, suppressed to bubble up and have some space to bubble up. And then hopefully we're not going to distract ourselves with TV shows and Zoom calls and everything <laughs> too much <laughs> so that we can actually see what those things are all about. You know, so it's just the perfect opportunity for clearing. And also, I think I said this in the in the um, essay, but I've been getting for a while that, um, especially this year, is the year of choice. That the world is really bifurcating. And in my oracle letter in January, I said that that was the word for the year. Um, that this is the time where you choose your reality. Do you, and like you can almost think about it like after this all clears and people go back to work, will they go back to the same jobs and do the old reality the way they knew it before? Or like Jenny and I've been talking, maybe they're going to go off and start their own company. Maybe they're going to look for a different job. Maybe, you know, their whole way of doing things will be quite different. And I suspect that's the case. Um, but so the choice is up for us. Do you want that old reality that's fear-based, that's based on separation and pain and lack and worry and all that stuff, left brain dominated, ego dominated? Or are you going to choose to work with the home frequency and let your, yourself adapt to the new acceleration on the planet and let yourself vibrate faster, which means all the stuff that you were suppressing will come up so that you can understand it and then clear it. And then once that's done, it just poofs. And now you have clarity and clear space and all the, the genius stuff from your soul and from the collective consciousness as well can come through you as the opening, do you know? And then you can have genius ideas and loving expressions and healing energy or whatever you like uh, without interference. And that is the new reality that I'm calling the intuition age. And um, But the, what my guidance told me, or my, my little voice in my head said, um, was that the choice you make now is your future. In other words, there's no future anymore, actually. There's a huge present moment. And the, the past and the future are inside that ball of the present moment as potential realities in different frequencies. But the what you choose now to make as your vibration of your ball, that is what you choose. And I'm not sure what that all means, <laughs> but um, it seemed like it was really important when I was told these things. I don't know if that makes sense to you. And clearing that this time will trigger all the things that need to come up, all the clutter, all the psychological uh, stuff to burn through really. And then what you described as the hope yeah. of the genius having the space to come forth our soul. And also, isn't it crazy how 
on the one hand, our outer life has slowed down. We're sheltering at home. Everything is closed. Now even the dog park is closed. <laughs> but meanwhile, there's this extreme acceleration on the digital front. And that it does bring me to Patrick's question. Yes. Because there's so much speeding up digitally now. It's almost like it'd be so easy and tempting to go back into the old habits. What Andre described, the all day meetings, that's happening now. And in a way, it's kind of missing the point. And I have to keep pulling myself back from scheduling the next thing and the next because I'm realizing, I know that this is kind of a cliche at this point, uh, don't waste a good crisis, not to make light of anything. But I also do know that there's a real opportunity to do things differently right now. And if we allow ourselves to skip over that or in our discomfort schedule a zillion things, we're going to miss it. That wraps up part one of this Pivot Insider community call with Penny Pierce. Make sure you are subscribed to the Pivot Podcast so you don't miss an episode and you get the next part of this conversation. You can also subscribe to my Pivot List newsletter. I send that weekly-ish. It's my curated roundup of the best of the web. Whatever I'm watching, listening to, tools that I'm geeking out on, that's at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. And that way you'll also get notified every time I have a batch of new podcasts out. Hope you all have a wonderful holiday weekend and see you back for part two. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Pivot Podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips and templates by signing up for Pivot List, a curated twice monthly newsletter where I share the inside scoop on what I'm reading, watching, listening to, and the latest tools I'm geeking out on. Sign up at pivotmethod.com slash pivotlist. Get show notes from this episode at pivotmethod.com slash podcast and connect with me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Blake. Remember, build first, then your courage will follow. Hasn't it always?